0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Matthew Vincent and this is FT News. Just hours after Donald Trump's victory in the US presidential election, the stock market moved quickly to declare its own corporate winners and losers. Companies doing business in Mexico or heavily exposed to global trade or reliant upon climate change regulation were judged the big losers. But drug makers, which had been worried about a crackdown on prices if Hillary Clinton had become president, were deemed the big winners. After all the initial buying and selling, however, the market quickly settled when the president-elect delivered a more conciliatory and scripted victory speech. So, is the corporate picture quite so clear-cut? To tell us we have the FT's expert in all things corporate, Brooke Masters, company's editor. Brooke, is the outlook for companies under Trump now clear?
1: Not entirely. I would say Mr. Trump has made many statements of many kinds, some of them contradictory. There are certainly some threads that we can absolutely draw together. As you said, pharma is an obvious one in that Mrs. Clinton clearly wanted to impose price controls. Mr. Trump has said things like drugs are too expensive, but he didn't have a formal plan. And in general, he has said that regulation shouldn't be too tight. So I think the pharma companies, it's very hard to see how they lose out of this. So for them, the picture is relatively clear.
0: The market seem to think so. I mean, Pfizer shares leapt 10%, I think, in a matter of minutes.
1: I think that's because they'd baked in price controls beforehand.
0: Very good point. It's not quite clear-cut across the healthcare sector, though, is it? I mean, it's a more nuanced picture.
1: It is complicated because Mr. Trump has also said he will roll back Obamacare. And some insurers, but not all, do participate in the Obamacare program. Also, the providers of pharmaceutical drugs through pharmacies and prescriptions do well through managing those programs. So if that whole program disappears, a source of income will disappear for companies like HCA.
0: Let's turn then to one sector that is clearly a loser under Trump presidency, and that's renewable energy. We've heard Mr. Trump talk in less than flattering terms about climate change campaigners. We know his views on the Paris Climate Accord. That's got to be bad for makers of any kind of renewable energy equipment.
1: In general, renewable energy is not price competitive unless there's a government subsidy. So to the extent that Mr. Trump removes any government subsidy, that's really bad news for the renewable energy companies. It should be noted that the Obama administration did enact in law a 2014 plan to cut carbon emissions by significant amounts and that's a law so he can't just walk in and say nope we're not doing this anymore so that part may continue but in general there certainly won't be lots of new subsidies and he's also committed to sort of bringing energy prices down which means that the renewables will have to compete against oil and gas who will also be bringing prices down and it'll be that much harder for them to be profitable the oil and gas
0: companies themselves got a bit of a boost what was behind that
1: Two things. He has said he's going to open more federal land to exploration for oil and gas. He's also said, because he's not very interested in climate change, that he will loosen some of the pollution requirements. There's also the question of the Keystone Pipeline, which the Obama administration blocked, and Trump has said he thought should have gone ahead, and that cuts transmission costs for natural gas.
0: It was quite notable that I think one of the very first things that Mr. Trump's campaign team confirmed was that the wall is going to be built. Now, not just the wall, but also the whole business of trade with Mexico is going to really hit those companies that do a lot of business there, car makers in particular.
1: Lots and lots of car makers have taken advantage of NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, to use cheaper labor in Mexico, often to assemble cars and then sell them into the U.S., Ford drew personal attack from Mr. Trump for moving its small car production to Mexico over the summer, and he said he was going to make them bring it back. Clearly, they a loser if he really means that. To do that, he would have to tear up NAFTA, which, again, is a law, but Congress is Republican, so they might go along with it. It's hard to know. Many Republicans are in favor of free trade, so it's a little complicated, but clearly... There is a definite threat that the current situation, which is that there's pretty much free trade with Mexico and also easy moving back and forth across the borders. So you can you know, make a radiator part in Michigan, send it down to Mexico, maybe send the full radiator back to Michigan and back and forth. If you're going to have to go through customs every time and there will be tariffs, that will no longer become affordable. So that's a problem for the car makers.
0: And we should stress it's not just a problem for the U.S. car makers, a lot of the Japanese car makers as well.
1: Absolutely. Their shares were the first to tank. I think people were more scared in Japan because I think they have less sense of how hard it is to actually do some of this stuff. Tariffs will require laws.
0: So as of next year, the U.S. will have a new commander in chief and defense companies appear to be a winner.
1: That's interesting because Mr. Trump has complained that the U.S. spends a bit too much on defense and its allies should spend more. But I think the markets have taken the view that Mr. Obama and the Republican Congress have been unable to do a long-term defense spending plan because they just can't agree on what to put the priorities on. The market's view is that Mr. Trump and the Republicans, because they're all in the same party, will come up with a plan. And so there will be long-term spending contracts. And that's great news for companies like Boeing and Rockwell. But it's also really good for BAE Systems, which just got a big contract to support one of the big fighter plane projects.
0: And in terms of government spending, the other area where most people expect to see some immediate policy is in infrastructure spending. And we're not just talking about walls here. We're talking about all kinds of infrastructure. Presumably that's good for construction companies, but also those miners who produce materials like copper you know, used in a lot of buildings.
1: Absolutely. in steel and you know coal and things that are used to power all of that. Mr. Trump has promised infrastructure spending partially as a way of stimulating the economy and creating jobs in the upper Northwest, which is where this crucial swing of votes happened, where unemployment is high and people need it. So I think he at least really believes in going ahead with that. That may run into opposition from those Republicans in Congress who believe in limiting government spending. However, there's an interesting thing that happened the last week of the campaign. Mr. Trump put out a plan where he suggested that privatization might be the solution, which is that you would let private companies build all this stuff and employ all the people and spend, and then they would be reimbursed through user fees that you know, drivers would pay to use the new bridges or to you know, use the new airports. And so that would get him past those Republicans in Congress who really don't want straight-out government spending.
0: And finally, on privatization, one perhaps less well-known beneficiary, the specialist outsourcers that run private prisons.
1: Their shares jumped 30%. Now, that's because there's some history here. Back in August, the Obama administration took a very jaundiced view of private prison providers and said, actually, we think you're doing a miserable job. We're going to open an investigation into this and we will probably take these contracts back and run them as proper government facilities because we think we can do a better job. I think this was not a cost issue. It was a humane issue. If Mr. Trump takes the view that everyone expects, he'll just leave those contracts in place and these companies will A, not be under investigation anymore and B, be able to keep their contracts.
0: Which would explain their double digit price rises straight after the election result. Brooke, thank you very much indeed. And for more on the transition to a Trump presidency and what it means for all corporate sectors, do visit ft.com forward slash US election.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.